You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Greetings from Philadelphia another Tuesday, and we are removed from another Sixers media day. It was yesterday, and everybody was back in the building over in Camden, uh, taking pictures, doing interviews, saying interesting things, and we'll get all to all that in a second. But it is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I am your host, Adil Royster, Chill Ride, Chill Vibes, as always, and I am joined once again by Dave Early, who is kind of a staple on the podcast now. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. You're you're my co-host now. Let's just get this over with. Let's co- let's do it. Co-host it up. <laughs> let's get this over with. It's been a, you know, we have a we have a plan for a different new podcast and we're getting into details on that, but <laughs> that comes at a later date. Today we're talking about Sixers Media Day and first and foremost, Dave, what did you take away from Media Day if anything? Well, James Harden lost a hundred pounds. So, I mean, I, I was never seen him like this. Couldn't believe it. I guess it was all from throwing that birthday cake over the boat. So it was just that, that cost him to drop a hundred pounds. <laughs> I guess so. That just, just not being able to hold, just not having to hold the cake or just being able to, you know, just have fun, I guess. Well, it's kind of like a Swiss, uh, a medicine ball twist, you know, and you take those and you throw them into the wall. There's also like a, an exercise component to chucking that huge cake. Ah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, one thing that I I did take some notes on Media Day, and I came to notice a couple of things. Uh, first of all, when Joel Embiid was talking, there was a lot, a lot of talk about defense. And one of the quotes that he said was uh, they aim to be the best defensive team in the league. That's going to take all of us. A lot of team mentality. I'll get to that in a second, too. But Joel Embiid emphasizing defense. Could could we see possibly uh, JoJo Defensive Player of the Year possibilities? Maybe. I, I don't. I mean, I, I think Paul Hudrick, our, our guy, was there today. Um, our uh, basically our editor in chief, and he he said that Shout out Mr. Paul. <laughs> yeah, he, he said basically Joel was oozing MVP vibes, um, and he just he just had this confidence, quiet confidence about him. I know he was joking a little bit about spending the summer on the couch, but Paul got the sense that you know there was there was some major fire burning there with Joel, which is a great sign here. But yeah, you're right. It was interesting to note um, our focus is on defense. We aim to be the best defensive team in the league, and that's going to take all of us. I believe we got the right pieces. I got to get back to not waiting until the fourth quarter to be that guy. I'm right. planning on getting back to the level I was before I had all that offensive load. So, of course, referring to the days when 
maybe he was playing with a Jimmy Butler or maybe he was playing with, uh, you know, locked and loaded Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, not like last year where he led the league in scoring. And so he's sort of implying, I do have a, another gear to go defensively. Maybe I'll get back to that this year. So I, I wouldn't guess that he's going to win DPOY. Uh, I wouldn't guess that he's going to win MVP. I kind of hope he doesn't because I don't want to see him sell out for any awards again this year. Right. I'd rather him prioritize being fully healthy when the playoffs begin, which he has been able to do the last couple of years and unfortunately had some weird first game, second game, third game of the playoffs injuries. Um, But yeah, very, very good to hear that he wants to get back to that level defensively. I think that that's one of the best things a Sixers fan could have hoped to hear from him. Now, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast before and how what is better for the Sixers, Joel Embiid more focused offensively, more focused defensively. And my position has always been if there is a middle ground between offense and defense, I realize this is being very contrarian and very political, but if there is a way for Embiid to scale back his usage offensively, and still maximize what the Sixers' scoring output could be while also maxing out what the Sixers could be defensively. I think that's the best of both worlds. It's really hard to do that. But if there is a preference that you have, do you prefer more offensive-minded, more defensive-minded, or what you were saying before, just more health-minded? I would, I think he was largely health minded last season. And I agree with you. I don't think it's a very contrarian take to, to say that you'd like him to emphasize both. Um, I think between the two, if I had to pick one, I would actually pick defense because you got James Harden. If he is healthy and in shape this season and can reach another gear. I mean, he's one of the best offensive players of all time. And if Joel could take some time and space the floor for him. I know Joel in the past has really hated to do that. He's talked about how he didn't feel comfortable playing with Jimmy Butler when Butler was new here because he was spacing the floor under Brown. He talked about how at times, you know, it wasn't really naturally his wheelhouse to shoot these threes to space the floor for Ben Simmons. We know he doesn't love to do it. He likes to get buckets down in the paint. He likes ISO and post, but Ultimately, ideally, if he is willing to space the floor a little bit and you can unlock um, Harden and Tyrese Maxey as slashers, maybe get Tobias Harris to more of the pick and roll looks he wants during the regular season and then use Joel as like one of the five best defensive players in the game every night, that that would be the ideal version. Of course, Joel's going to barbecue plenty of chicken. And if he has a oh, yeah. where he can live at the line, you don't want to tell him to stay too far away from the rim. But if he just did a lot more of it than he did last year, I think the Sixers could reach another level offensively and defensively. Now, offensively, some of the responsibility is going to rest on the now free of a hundred pounds, James Harden. (laughs) Um, Something he also, something Harden kind of hinted to during media day was just the having to navigate quote unquote dark moments to regain his form. I'm not sure exactly what I took from that to mean. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to play psychoanalyst or anything, but if Harden is in a better spot mentally, I feel like that's only going to benefit him on the court. And I think we're going to finally see that 
MVP level James Harden that the Sixers got when when they wanted what they wanted when they traded for Harden. I think you're going to finally get that this season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100 percent. I think the mind body connection is very powerful. I think if his hamstring wasn't enabling him to get to where he wanted to be and do the things he is comfortable doing on the court, that's going to impact his mental side of things and bring him to some dark places. He gave, he gave uh, our Paul Hudrick a very good answer. He was like, mentally, it was very, very difficult for me just because I love the game of basketball. If money wasn't involved, I'd be playing basketball. So it was very right. difficult. Paul pushed him a little bit. And Howard was like, you want to know exactly how I felt? I don't want to tell you how I was feeling. <laughs> but yeah. he, he did get dark places. And, um, you know, anyone, anyone listening who has dealt with an injury or a health problem, it's, it's also – very much connected to whether or not you're feeling more anxiety or more calm, more comfortable. Right. So I think if he's feeling a certain way mentally, it's going to have feedback loops for how he feels physically and vice versa. If he's feeling good mentally, then maybe his body will start to feel a little bit better. A lot of times when you're coming back from injury, even though the injury is perfectly good to go, there's part of your brain that holds back and you're like, I'm too scared to push this, like to burst by this guy what if I would pull that hamstring again? So right. these component parts are very, very important. And there is an interplay. I, I do remember when I had Achilles surgery and like I was fully recovered and everything like that. But at the same time, I didn't want to push too hard. It was well months after the surgery where I finally said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going for a long run and I'm just going to push as much as I can before I have to stop. And like, have, that's, that, that's something like once you're yeah. able to get off of that, like mental block, where you are just like, all right, I can do this. Then everything else falls back into place. Yeah. If you have that go ahead from like a trainer or a doctor who says you can, you can push now you're free. The, the chains that you had the last two years are off. There's going to be some part of you that's, that is hesitant. It doesn't believe it at first. Like you're still holding back 10 games into the year. And I think we all saw that watching him in the Nets uniform last season. It was probably not until Christmas when I was like, oh, okay, you know, he's back. Right. This is how this is how he's supposed to look out there. And he like torched LeBron and company. Um, but then the Nets kind of rode him. The Nets, you know, Durant was hurt. Kyrie obviously wasn't in a full-time player. And they rode him like he was a 25-year-old who can log 40 minutes a night. And he pulled, he pulled the hammy. So there is going to be a mental part. I do think there's going to be a mental part again this season, but it's great to hear what he said and acknowledge that he's come a long way. What I don't want him to do is try to push and prove to, you know, outside people and push too hard because that's just not going to benefit the Sixers if he has to miss significant stretches this upcoming season. It's like, I don't yeah, want I don't, him to I don't do need that. Him- I don't need him to hit any 40 point milestones early in the year just to right. say I'm back. I, I don't need the, the one good thing on our side as Sixers fans is he's he took an option. So he's got a massive financial incentive to, to be healthy through the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, don't like don't gun for like I mean, if don't gun for like 50 on opening night, like slowly no. ease back into it and then start to get those 40, 50 point games when everything's nice and warm, nice and loose and everything is back to what is technically normal after, you know, however many years in the league Harden's been in. Exactly. PJ Tucker, also part of the interviews today as one of the new Sixers, uh, 
Sixers sent out a press release saying that he had gone through um, arthroscopic knee surgery on his left knee. And one, uh, a little bit concerning. Yes, no. The, the fact that it just came out, this information just came out now. Had you heard anything about this before today? Not, not a thing. It was a uh, surprise me. I mean, you always hear good things about arthroscopic surgery uh, when it go- goes well. Like, you know, if they go in and they find a torn meniscus, obviously that's bad. But if they go in and they don't find much, they remove loose bodies or some scar tissue, you can recover fully from that and you can recover relatively quickly. But it's weird and, it's, you know, didn't know he had any issues. And obviously everyone talks about his advanced age. So that's uh, that's. That's quite something to disclose after getting a new contract from the Sixers. Like, exactly. I, I, I would feel like that's something that, you know, would be found out well before the contract is offered. So that was a little bit weird. Yeah, a lot of people had split opinions on that contract without any idea of this knee surgery, and they might feel a certain way about it now to even more. All that being said, I still believe that P.J. Tucker is going to be a very reliable piece for this Sixers starting five. And I I guess I'm similar with Harden. Like, don't push too hard too quickly. Just get warm, get loose, and then start to push things more and more as the season progresses. Yeah, Doc said something like, uh, we're going to keep him healthy all year. So, to me that kind of meant like we're not going to ride them in November. I, let's hope it means that at least. I, I mean, what, what do you need to, what exactly do you need to ride PJ Tucker for? If, you know, if it's Harden and Embiid doing all the offensive uh, scoring, like all, all PJ Tucker has to do is just like stand in the corner and just, you know, jump every once in a while. It's going to be tempting. You've got a game on like, what is it? November 22nd when they play the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. It's early. You, you, and you've got like KD and he's, you know, he's flame throwing. Obviously you're going to want to ride Tucker to guard him because you, you may not have a better option, right? I mean, maybe, Mel- maybe Melton, but they're going to have to resist and they're going to have to be, I mean, he just had knee surgery and he's no spring chicken. So hopefully they're very, very uh, conservative in the early going. There's going to be a lot of possibilities for guys to get minutes and, um, some something that Tyrese said was that um, he when he plays against James Harden, he's just like it's like my big brother playing against my big brother, and it sounds like it's going to be really, really balls to the wall in camp, and everybody's going to be scrapping for minutes. Yeah, we we Brian used to say quiet tournament. Maybe it'll be a loud one now. That would be awesome. Uh, and and if uh, if NBC Sports Philadelphia can somehow broadcast some of those, or uh, Paul talking to you, uh, whip out that camera and uh, take some choice Twitter video for us. I, I'm uh, so scarred by it. like Markel Fultz shooting for him, Ben Simmons shooting for him, like, I, and then <laughs> Zaire Smith's weight loss. If you show me some footage from in that facility, I'm gonna be like, uh oh, what am I looking at here? But the stuff with Harden, Sam Cassell, and Maxi has been really uh, nice and refreshing. Going and we'll get more of that. Going into camp, I'm trying to think of who is probably going to be the most competitive for minutes, given all of these new pieces that were brought in. And I mean, Thibel, all he has a role cut out as far as like where he stands because he's just basically 
the the second all world defender that the Sixers had. And I, I come back to well, you Cor- well, you just used the contronym with cut out, so that could mean he's penciled in or he's cut out of the rotation. I'm not sure what you meant. I mean, you know, look, Thibel, <laughs> he has he has a significant role to play on this team. Okay, but, okay, I wasn't sure you were going that way. All right, but at the but at the same time, there are going to be nights where it just not it's not really feasible to throw him in because Melton right. might be playing better offensively and he might be you know league average and is league average defensively but i wonder you know because guys like cork Maz, i should say joe those are the guys that are i think you you undersold melton's defense i think he's a lot better than average and he was miffed that that uh compared to thibault though i'm just saying yeah two-time all defensible but he was he was miffed take for what it's worth that Thibault won that Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year at Washington over over him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, be that. that be that as it may, uh, Thibault has all of the awards, both Pac-10 and NBA, right now. So, DeAnthony, if you got that chip on your shoulder, you go right ahead and uh, just just go ahead and throw that chip all over the floor defensively. Yes, yeah, show us. But guys like Corkmaz, Isaiah Joe, I feel like they are going to be the ones that are going to be struggling the most to get significant minutes, even like five to 10 minutes a game. Yeah. Joe Matisse Corkmaz. I think they're there. They could all be in danger of uh, missing time. I, I guess I will not put Niang there, even though there's Tucker and Harris in front of him, but because they're probably and Montreal Harrell. Yeah, and Trez, but Trez will probably be backing up Joe, we think, right? Whereas yeah. Niang will come in for Tucker when Tucker needs a rest. Or Toby or he, when he needs a rest. Yeah, or Toby. So there'll be room for, for him and his his wet jump shot. Um, but, <laughs> guys, but guys like Korkmaz and Joe are like known as shooters, but not always obvious, consistent shooters. So they could have a hard time for sure. Matisse, um, obviously could go through some stretches where he does, where he's a DNP. I wouldn't be shocked this year. Right. So. And then even Shake Milton, who's been like kind of a, a, a steady hand off the bench the last couple of seasons, even Shake Milton, I don't know if he can carve out a lot of minutes even during the season. Yeah. The idea with Milton is that he, he's not the, quite the shooter that Joe is, but he's better at like five other things. So I don't know if they're going to want to lean on a specialist or more of a, uh, a generalist like Shake. But you know that Shake once dropped like 39 points on Doc when Doc was coaching the Clippers. So Doc, right. he'll, he'll trust him. He'll, like, he'll put him cold in a game seven without having put him in, in the last couple games because uh, <laughs> he, he, he loves his ISO scorers and Shake can do that sometimes. The, the last thing about media day that I wanted to point out, it just felt very free very very brisk very clean right because there's not the aura of controversy or drama or something like that you know last year coming into the season there's the Ben no, stuff no like, twitter it, burner no twitter burner no, no yips no yips no, it, it just no felt like a, uh no it, collaborative weirdness it just felt like a clean off season i mean with the no hold out with, with the exception of the like uh, the the PJ Tucker tampering case, which I I don't even think anything comes of that. Do you? I wouldn't be surprised if they lost the second round pick. But the absolute downside, even though it's very very unlikely, is 
that they looked more deeply into things, not about when they began talking to Tucker, but about Harden and Harden's pay cut and Harden's next contract. That's the stuff that like once Minnesota got fined, like five first round picks for. So hopefully that goes away when they say tampering, they just say, all right, Sixers, you've lost the 54th pick in 2025. Sorry. <laughs> and we're all be like, all right, whew, we're moving on. Daryl didn't want to get into it today. He made a comment like, I think the league does a great job with what, you know, <laughs> so hopefully it's not a big deal. I mean, it just, it's so ridiculous. Everybody knows like it's six Oh one. We hear about 50 contracts that just drop. So right. yeah, they're all, they're all using their, uh, the wire burner phones to, to get in touch and work these out beforehand. I, I like the idea that it's been relatively drama free this off season because there's not the stories are about like the sixes that are on the roster and not like guys that are like chilling at their house. Like these, the, the guys this year, they just seem like very carefree now. And I feel like that is where you're going to get guys like Joel at his best, who's basically carefree. And that kind of personality can be very infectious to a locker room and if he's free and easy then everybody else is going to seem free and easy because no disrespect to James Harden but this is Joel Embiid's franchise yeah I'm, I'm very uh you know me I'm a cynical fan like I, I you do hear people on this team has the best vibes ever watched pretty much every year over the last few years you know it's like oh Jimmy Butler's gone and that was a big issue for Joel who didn't want to space the floor so much the vibes are now so amazing that offseason because oh we are undefeated in the best vibes in the league category and and then you fast forward to like January and it's like okay maybe oh all right look at the vibes the vibes are so amazing because Ben Simmons is in the lineup and then you fast forward to the the playoff loss and it's like oh I forgot those vibes ever existed (laughs) so I always roll my eyes at the vibes watch but there is again some real positive vibes with this team right now. It's undeniable. There's the whole Philadelphia Rockets thing. It does seem like they really, really like each other. And it does seem like we're not going to have that um, Joel's mopey thing that we had back in 2020 either. It's a good first day. It's a good first step to this upcoming season. I'm, I'm excited. Like yeah. fake, fake positive vibes or not, whether or not they're real, whether or not, you know, it's, it's another one of those seasons for us. Like right now I'm, I'm excited. I'm kicking it. Let's go. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, some people think that they are a top three team in the East. What do you think? Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, or would you throw in Nets Heat? So I'm gonna As- no- so I'm gonna knock I'm gonna knock Boston out of the top three because For vibes. Well, yeah. Well, just just in the Eastern Conference standings wise, like I with Ime not coaching this season, I don't know what that coaching situation is going to be. I don't know how they're going to respond. I don't know. Like you would want somebody that's like a stalwart on the bench and just be like, all right, here's Ime's playbook. Just do that. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. So I don't know right now. It, they, they have the talent to be top three, but there's a lot to overcome mentally for Boston right now. So right now. What about I, like, what about like when Steve Kerr takes a stretch with back issues and, Mike Brown goes like 15-1 or whatever. Do you think they could do something like that? They have the they certainly have the talent to do it. I I it would not shock me if that happened because with Jalen with with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams coming off of, coming off of injury, like they certainly have the talent to do it. 
And then the runner-up rookie of the year to Dario and Joel. Like I Brogdon. Just, Brogdon, I just don't I need to see I need to see like a month of the Celtics mentally first before I say, okay, they're gonna be fine. They'll be okay. Yeah. But right now I would say Milwaukee, Philly, and Miami, because they have had the least amount of turmoil in the offseason. Boston gets knocked down a peg a little bit because of their turmoil. Brooklyn gets knocked down a little bit because of their turmoil. I'm not sure what the hell to make Brooklyn anymore. The Cavs are going to be that sneaky, like, be top three, but probably more like fourth or fifth. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Friedel had that tweet today. He was at the Boston media, uh, Nets media day, and he was like, the atmosphere at Nets media day is at best described as what you feel when two parents decide to get divorced, but then reverse course and try to do what's best for the family. A lot of optimism at the future, but too much drama behind the scenes to forget. So, uh, that's not what you want to hear as a Nets fan. <laughs> not really what you want to hear if you're a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we're going to take a quick breather, and then we're going to get to someone that used to play for the 76ers, now plays for the Brooklyn Nets. I Listen, I am very much a defender of Ben Simmons. I have been for years, and just listening to him on JJ's podcast last week, Dave, we got to talk about it. So let's take a quick break. I realize that the gastroenteritis blues covered this a little bit too, but you know what? Since I've been a stout Ben Simmons defender for all these so years. So talking about pod, but we, we got to get to it. We got to do it because let's face it, there has not been anybody on the site more defending of Ben Simmons than me. Is that, that That's a fair assessment to say, right? I, I might throw my hat in that ring too. <laughs> okay. So perfect then. Two qualified, bona fide Ben Simmons defenders. Okay, here we go. Coming back after a break and uh, messages from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we are the Out of Sight Podcast. I am Adil Royster. David Early is also here. We are committed 
Ben Simmons defenders. We were when he was with Philadelphia. I still find him. Well, I have to obviously I have to see how he plays in in Brooklyn. I still feel like he has something in this league, something valuable to this league as a defender and as somebody with such a high basketball IQ. There is a spot for him in this league. It just wasn't in Philly. And he went on the JJ Reddick podcast. It has been talked about several times on the Liberty Baller site. He also but, spoke he also spoke on Monday as we recorded. So as the Ben Simmons defenders that we are and have been for season upon season after season, it's time to get our positions on it. And it, Dave, would you like to go first? Uh, why don't you go first and I'll, uh, I'll find a, a, okay. a niche. Here's what I took from the whole, from what Ben Simmons had to say about Philly. I appreciate it that it didn't seem like he held any malice towards the city when he had every right and motive to say, nah, man, Philly sucked. It was a horrible time for me. I hated it there. I couldn't really be myself there. Could have gone that whole route, but he mentioned that he embraced his time in Philly. He loved his time in Philly. He learned so much playing here. And I maybe that's just the kind of human being he is. That being said, I do like how he showed regret about what happened in the Atlanta loss, where in the moment you do this one thing expecting something to happen. And I think what he said was, looking back, damn, I should have just punched that thing. And yeah, hindsight 2020, yeah, you probably should have. But in that moment, you know, you don't know who's turning around. Like you saying, like when you spin, you're just seeing a jersey. Like, you don't know really who it is. And he saw Matisse cut into the basket. He's like, Matisse is athletic. He'll get up. It's fine. But what happened, happened. And he took all of the, he took all of the S for it. He willingly took all the S for it. He, I mean, he could have handled it a little bit better. But let, let's face it. We took days, weeks, months analyzing a snap decision. Like not everybody can process basketball information in snap seconds like these professionals do. Am I saying cut Ben Simmons a little bit of slack? Maybe a little bit. I mean, honestly, I look back at that playoff series and that playoff run, and I think to myself, even if the Sixers got by Atlanta in seven games, I still don't know if they go to the NBA finals because they were, they weren't a hundred percent like physically, mentally, they weren't a hundred percent and going up against Milwaukee. Just, no, I just didn't see it. So that's, that's torn meniscus and doc was intent on playing um, Dwight Howard all the time, like sometimes with Ben. So yeah, there's a good chance they would have lost to the bucks. I, I just don't, I, I think it's time. I think it's time that the city just lets it go. And I know that's a. I know that's not a very Philadelphian thing to say, because you know we just love to hold grudges in this town. But I, I think it's time to finally just be at peace with what happened and just let that s go and just move on. And we have this amazing, amazing 
collection of players with Embiid and Harden and Maxi and Tobias Harris, Melton, everybody, Houston Rockets East. I think it's time to just look ahead to what this team is going to be in 2022, 2023, and not dwell on stuff that happened two years ago. Yeah, I that's, think that's my position. I think if Ben had come out at one point, like when he was still a sixer and said, the reason I don't shoot is because I'm terrible at it. I think it would have allowed the fans to take a more realistic approach to the way they view him. Right. Like, you know, we always say he refuses to shoot. Even today during media day with the Nets, he was asked how many threes are you going to shoot? But you know who they didn't ask that of was Nick Claxton. How come? <laughs> oh, God. We, we all we all know Nick Claxton can't shoot. He had a horrendous free throw, you know. But he's he's a non-shooter. He does things on the court that really help his team. And Ben Simmons is the same way. He's a non-shooter who does things that help his team. And if you want him to go shoot threes, how come you don't want the same thing of Rudy Gobert? I don't know. So I always thought there was a little bit of a like, look at Ben's jump shot. Watch when he takes free throws. You don't want him to be shooting these shots that you are asking him to take or saying he's refusing to take. So that's how I defend him sometimes. Like, you know, so, maybe maybe one day he could drain some of these shots, but we're not there now. We're, we might be, like, never there. So I think I agree with you on your point where if Ben had come out honestly and just said, if somebody asked him, hey, why, why, don't, you, why don't you shoot more? If he just said – because I'm not good at it and I'm better at these other things that help the team. Like, I feel like his, how, how we view Ben Simmons, I feel like it would have been a lot better and maybe he wouldn't have been quote unquote, so miserable toward the end of his Sixers tenure. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. Um, just yeah, it's just a crazy thing to look back on, and it's not going to go away. Like people are really excited for that game where he comes to visit. They really want to make fun of him for not shooting, and I don't think he has any plans to shoot in Brooklyn. I'm not sure that Steve Nash has any interest in seeing him try. Right, and um, I'm I'm thinking about what he said at his media day, and I'm just like, is Ben? But when the trade happened, I was like, oh, okay, so maybe they'll have Ben play some five, and he'll be we'll be able to unlock this Ben Simmons that we've never seen before. And maybe he'll be more free to be himself. But then that question, uh, are you going to shoot a little bit more now that you're in Brooklyn? Like he's never going to get past that. It would be, I mean, as a, if you were a Nets fan, you would never want him to do that because no. it would be like, you know, he said it when he was traded. He was like, I look at it like maybe the Marco Urson JJ years we had in Philly now because i'm gonna have seth curry kevin durant kyrie irving joe harris patty mills i mean there's just shooters everywhere there's shooters everywhere and that that works for golden state you, you can deploy draymond green and kevin looney and gary payton jr and still get away with it guys that defenses are more than happy to completely ignore because of the threat of that dribble handoff so you got to stick with them because you might hand it to someone else um and so I think that's the plan. I don't think it has anything to do with him taking shots with his broken-ass form. With the way that Ben Simmons is, like, the, the team that he's on, the way it's structured, I kind of want to say I kind of want to say some hot takes. I kind of want to do – I kind of want to flame a little bit real quick here, if, if you'll ahead. allow, if that's okay. Flaming. I think Ben Simmons, with the team that's around him and the scores around him, I think Ben Simmons has a chance 
has a chance if he's healthy and he's committed to, you know, being the best Ben Simmons he can be. I think there's a chance that Ben Simmons can average something like 10 to 12 assists a game for the entirety of the NBA season. He's heating up. Keep going. The record, the the NBA record for assists per game in a season is held by Magic Johnson with 11.2 assists per game. I think Ben Simmons has a chance to get somewhat close to that. I think he could average 10 assists a game with this, with this team around. I really think he could. He's on fire. Like, am I, am I, am I really off there? Like when you look at all the shooters that are on this Brooklyn team, I I wouldn't bet on it because I don't think they're going to, I mean, I'm not going to bet on it. No, all that much. I, yeah, I don't think they're going to want him to handle the ball enough as what it would take to do that. You know, like that, that would be a very, very high usage. Yeah, and you're also taking the ball out of Kyrie's hand, dribbling that's it up the, the court. You're the taking the ball away from Durant, too. Okay, I, I get Nothing, that. Nothing, under no circumstances am I taking the ball out of their hands if they want the ball in their hands, you know? And, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like, they're good. They're good catch-and-shoot shooters. But, like, that's not all you want them to do. You want Kevin Durant to get his ISOs. You want Kyrie to get his ISOs. Yeah, I mean, they're phenomenal at – ISO, two of the best ISO players of all time, and they're players you could never, ever leave for a catch-and-shoot shot. So it's going to be tough to defend them. It's not, I don't think it's going to be this, like, oh, you can completely ignore Ben Simmons. The, the concern would be that if they're playing Simmons and Claxton at the same time, right. that might be a problem for them. I, I, I think Ben Simmons could have a really, really good year in Brooklyn if, you know, he's – if he just gets – past that mental block that people put on him all the time. Oh, you got to shoot more. You got to shoot more. No, do what make do what you're good at and let everybody else do everything else. It's fine. Yeah. I think the real reason he didn't do that dunk was because he thought he was going to get fouled really, really hard. And then he was going to have to shoot some clutch free throws that he wasn't going to make. And I think for him, that's always been a big part of his confidence. Like, you know, if all I am right now is getting is like hack Ben, then I have no confidence. But if I'm out there making plays like he was in round one, you know, beating beating up on the Washington Wizards when Joel Embiid <laughs> wasn't out there, wasn't fully healthy, uh, he, you know, he wasn't as worried about missing a couple free throws because he was doing ten other things that were helping. So I right. think for him, that's that cascade effect. I, I think the best version of Ben Simmons that I saw was the Brooklyn series when Joel Embiid was hurt. That's, yeah, that's it's probably Darren the, Allen, Dudley, Nets. Yes, that was the cleanest version of Ben Simmons I had seen, and like I wanted more of that. But you know, coaching staff, whatever, they didn't want to do. They didn't want to. They didn't want to show us more of that, which is fine. Whatever. I think a lot of it has to do with Joel. I think Joel made pretty clear he doesn't want a space to be a floor spacer, and I think Doc just leaned all the way into that, and I think that's what you saw beginning in the 2021 season. All right, so can we? Can you and I, can we close the book on Ben Simmons once and for all? We can't close it because we're going to talk about it when he comes to town. Until yeah. November 22nd or whenever Brooklyn's in town. We're closing the book on Ben Simmons for right now, and we're, we're stashing it on the shelf. That's what we're doing right now. Okay, stash. We'll, we'll, pull, it, we'll pull it down when necessary, but it's not going to be open all the time like it has been in years past. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. That is the conclusion of today's Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. 
I am Adil Royster. You can find me on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. Follow me. Follow Dave on Twitter as well at Dave underscore early. Follow Liberty Ballers at Liberty underscore Ballers. Listen and subscribe to all of the Liberty Ballers podcasts on the network. And we will talk to everybody next week. Should be a fun training camp when that begins. And uh, yeah, oh, well, yes, yes, Dave, go thing? ahead. Go ahead, yes. I, I- I made this prediction last time we talked that Devontae Smith is going to have a monster game. I was one week early. So I'm taking my victory lap. Yeah, take Devontae it. Smith. Take I'm it. Go taking ahead. my victory lap before we get out of here. Devontae Smith's monster game came in week three. I thought it was coming in week two. So um, Dave is putting his running shoes on. You guys, you guys can't see this. He's putting his running shoes on and he's running through the streets of Manhattan right now. That's gonna and he's wearing a Devontae Smith jersey and just like sticking be, it to all the New York fans. Devontae Smith is unleashed and he is a he's a beast. Oh man, just so much going on in this town. And then you know, the Sixers will be starting soon, and then we'll have more to, we'll have more good times. Yes. Until next week, that's been the podcast. We're going to get out of here. Talk to everybody next week. Go Sixers and continue to trust that process. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.